0: I cannot, and I will not retract anything.
1: A brash young monk named Martin Luther had just infuriated the most powerful leader in Europe, Emperor Charles V. And Charles now wanted Luther dead. Luther had no army to shield him. Instead, he had a different kind of protection, popular support. Thanks to the recent invention of the printing press, Luther's protest against the church had transformed him into Europe's first celebrity.
2: The very fact that we're still talking about it 500 years after the fact says that Luther was onto something.
1: Burning Luther's writings would not stop the inevitable showdown of the old against the new
3: the medieval versus the modern. His notoriety made him a figure you couldn't just dismiss or get rid of.
1: Getting rid of Martin Luther would now preoccupy the most powerful people on earth for decades. The stage was set for one of the biggest battles of the millennium, featuring a boisterous, media-savvy monk against the emperor, the pope, even Henry VIII. The origin of the conflict flowed from a deceptively simple question, a riddle of sorts that Luther had wrestled with for years. The question goes like this, am I a good person? Even children understand the difference between good and evil. Regardless of age, most every person recognizes they have sometimes strayed away from the good and toward the bad. The natural response is to work a bit harder in the hope that one's good deeds outweigh the bad. It follows that if there is a heaven, most people assume they'll get in because they believe they've been good enough to earn whatever reward is out there. Martin Luther did not. To him, being good enough for God made no sense at all. Instead, his conscience would convict him as an unworthy sinner.
2: his conscience was still constantly troubling him because he viewed Jesus as
4: a judge, not as a savior. What was his struggle? His struggle was, in a way, the same thing we all are going through. How do I get God's love? How do I get salvation? How can I, a big, ugly, wretched sinner, be saved?
1: For decades, Martin Luther felt his guilt so deeply he couldn't imagine a way out. In his mind, good deeds could never save him. He fell into despair. Then Luther found an opening, an idea so unexpected, so revolutionary, it would upend the church and reframe history going forward. Daily life in 15th century Europe wasn't easy. Half of all children would not live to see adulthood. Disease was rampant, food often in short supply. For the poorest and most desperate, there was no safety net, other than the occasional gift from those with something to spare. Life was slightly better in the city of Mansfeld, thanks to a thriving copper industry, where a manager named Hans Luther was moving up the ranks. Hans came to realize he'd need a solution to the constant stream of legal arguments that slowed his operation. In the early 1490s, he saw the answer in his son, Martin. Grooming him for a
5: university education with an eye toward a career as a lawyer. There were conflicts, frequent conflicts, between the miners and the smelters, and I think Luther's father found it would be helpful to have a lawyer in the family to help resolve some of those kinds of problems. By his early
1: 20s, Martin Luther had fulfilled his father's expectations to the letter, earning bachelor's and master's degrees in record time. But as he began law school, something wasn't right.
6: Father.
1: Luther left school suddenly, mid-term, and travelled home to meet with his father. His. Hans' hope for a lawyer in the family was about to be dashed.
7: Who do you want to be?
1: Martin wanted to please his father, but his law courses seemed trivial. Please, answer my question especially in light of Martin's deeper concerns. Fears that were about to reach a breaking point.
8: Get out. Martin.
1: Like most people of the era, Luther saw acts of nature as acts of God. For Luther, the intensity of this storm brought his conscience to the surface.
9: And when the thunderstorm came and the lightning struck, he was shocked into thinking, what am I going to do before God? If that lightning bolt had hit him, I think he wondered what was going to happen to him. That night, Luther made a promise. If
1: his life was spared, he would become a monk. Man must first cry out that he sees no hope. In this
6: disturbance, salvation begins man believes himself to be utterly lost, the light breaks.
1: Within days, Luther arrived at an Augustinian monastery, casting off law school and all the expectations of his father. Hans believed Martin was throwing his life away, Plus, a vow of celibacy meant no grandchildren. The decision to become a monk wasn't likely a spur-of-the-moment choice. Martin Luther's heart was already heavy, fearful of an all-powerful God with impossibly high standards. And that crushed
8: him, that just crushed him. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and that just crushed him. Um, Because he could never satisfy a God like that. If he could never keep the law perfectly, which of course he couldn't, and perfection is the minimum standard, that's the minimum demand is perfection, then God would always be angry with him. Luther
1: hoped that punishing himself for his sins would be pleasing to God. He beat himself, fasted for days, slept outside in the cold. But the extreme austerity just didn't seem to be working. Luther still felt the guilt of his sin.
6: I was myself more than once driven to the very abyss of despair so that I wished I had never been created. Love God, I hated him.
4: A monk that was driven, that was able to sleep because he's saying, uh, am, I, am I doing everything? Am I doing everything that the church requires? Am I obeying all the rules of my religious orders, the Augustinian? Uh-oh, am I, am I, have, have I said the right prayers? Uh-oh, uh-oh I, I better do this or I'm going to hell. And he tried,
10: and he tried.
11: And the more he tried, the more frustrated he became. So what he was looking at God
9: as this angry God. He was still troubled by his conscience. He was still troubled by the sin that was inside of him. And he never felt that he was good enough for God. His problem was that he didn't
12: believe any of what he was doing as a monk was really helping him to escape God's judgment.
1: Luther's supervisor and friend, Johann von Staupitz, understood that the church's rite of confession was designed to bring relief to those burdened with guilt, forgiveness for every kind of sin. Luther confessed, but he found little reassurance. While some monks might make their confession in a few minutes, Luther could go on and on for hours. It is not I. Fearful that even one unconfessed sin might be his undoing.
11: When Luther would be in the pangs of despair, Staupitz is the one who would say, "Luther, you need to learn to know God."
7: We have accounts of him leaving the confessional uh, after several hours of pedantically cataloguing everything he'd done wrong and then him going straight back in again because he'd forgotten something. One has to feel sorry, I think, for the person he was confessing to. It was a a full-time job.
1: Despite his internal struggles, Luther was a good student and earned the respect of his peers.
13: He was an incredibly hard worker. Because of this, and because of his native intellect, and because of his passion, he advanced in the monastic community very quickly.
1: After two years of preparation, Luther was ordained, celebrating his first mass in 1507. For Martin, this was a moment of raw fear, as he felt the full weight of his unworthiness before God. Once again, Luther's conscience was condemning him.
6: Who am I that I should lift up mine eyes, or raise my hands to the divine majesty? And shall I, a miserable little pygmy, say, I want this, I ask for that, for I am dust and ashes and full of sin, and I am speaking to the living, eternal,
1: and the true God. As a priest, Luther believed he had now reached his highest calling. Luther's father wasn't so sure. Wondering if Martin's call to the monastery came not from God, but from the devil. Luther's friends in the monastery had no such worries. Soon afterward, they chose Luther to go as their emissary on a journey. The longest Luther would take in his entire life He walked 800 miles across the Alps to Rome. Rome was the seat of the Catholic Church, and Luther expected a deeply reverent city, reflecting wise and pious leaders. What he got instead was disillusionment. No one in Rome seemed to take God very seriously. The depravity here in the church's holy city led Luther to wonder if anything the church had told him was true. Where God builds a church, the devil puts a chapel.
3: Of course, the brothels and the alcohol abuse and the beggars. He's outraged by what he sees, but so's everyone else.
12: There was a lot of sort of open, jesting, almost mockery about the church in Italy that that would not have been common in Germany.
9: The problem was that once he was in Rome and he started saying masses, he realized that he was the one who was pious and devout, and the Italian priests were not. They continued to urge him, go faster, go faster. And he wanted to take time and to spend time in getting things right. The Italian priests, eh, this was a business to them.
1: After returning from Rome, Luther's distress grew. Staupitz long believed the best way to relieve Luther's angst was to keep the young monk busy. He'd previously persuaded Luther to earn a doctorate in theology.
11: Staupitz also knew that Luther was the person who was who had a mind for learning and theology, and he, he basically forced Luther into getting this doctorate. Luther protested, uh, did not want to do that.
1: Now, a new challenge. Staupitz arranged a position for Luther in the faculty of the new university in Wittenberg. Luther's quest continued.
6: He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Um, You at, at, at the back. What does this mean? Anyone? No? If it had not been for Dr. Staupitz, I should have sunk in hell. Johann told me I should become a professor of theology and a preacher. I told him that would be the death of me. He replied, Well, oh, that's quite all right. God has plenty of work for clever men in heaven.
1: The city of Wittenberg was something of a backwater, and the university wasn't well known. But that began to change in 1517, when a traveling friar named Johann Tetzel set up his controversial fundraising scheme nearby. Tetzel told the townsfolk that the documents he was selling, called indulgences, could erase the consequences of their sins. The appeal was irresistible. Many from Luther's church in Wittenberg were taken in by Tetzel's claims.
3: A practice that surely looks an awful lot of the time like something like salvation for sale.
14: Luther recognized right away that the problem with indulgences is that they were leading people to a false understanding of what repentance was.
1: Traditionally, The medieval church saw confession, not indulgences, as the way to address humanity's moral problem. Sins are unacceptable to God, but confessing to a priest could bring forgiveness and restoration. Yet even those who confessed regularly still expected many years in purgatory before they could reach heaven, until Johann Tetzel's indulgences offered to shortcut the process for money. What's this?
6: This is extortion. A scheme completely opposed to religion. Its only intent is profit for unprincipled men.
15: I think he saw a great dishonesty with it, uh, that you were fleecing people, people who were already struggling.
1: The corruption was not just a local problem. The tentacles stretched
4: all the way back to Rome. One of the external reasons and contributing factors to the success of the Protestant Reformation, everybody knows, was namely the the corruption at the time of the Catholic Church, which we can't deny.
1: Saint Peter's Basilica in Rome in 1517 it had not yet been built there were plans but the work was stalled because pope leo x didn't have the funds
16: he's engaged in trying to kind of update buildings in in the city of rome itself to transform it into a a nicer place to live uh, so he needs money
1: funds were raised through the sale of indulgences And no one sold them more aggressively than Johann Tetzel. As an unabashed salesman, Tetzel was unmatched. He'd tell peasants that their dead relatives were screaming in pain in purgatory, begging for relief, which a simple coin could provide.
13: Tetzel was a self-promoter from start to finish. I mean, this guy was just a, I mean, a fake right to the bottom.
10: They would persuade uh, poor peasants to give their last coins to get mother out of purgatory, this sort of thing. Well, uh, Luther had a perfect fit over this. He thought it was a
2: sham uh, that they were given the impression, at least, that their sins were forgiven, the slate was wiped clean, when in fact, nothing could have been farther from the truth. Uh, they were spending their money for something that was false.
1: From Luther's perspective, the sale of indulgences was leading people away from God.
6: Before long, all the churches, palaces, walls and bridges of Rome will be built out of our money. Why doesn't the Pope build St. Peter's out of his own money? Hmm? He is richer than Creasus he would do better to sell the basilica and give the money to the poor people who are being fleeced by these
1: hawkers of indulgences. To address the problem, he invited an academic debate on the issue. He began by writing 95 debate topics or theses. Then, in the most iconic moment of the era, Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg. Those who believe that through
6: these letters of indulgence they are made sure of their own salvation will be eternally damned, along with their teachers.
9: I think when Luther went to the door of the castle church and nailed the theses on the door, nobody paid any attention. No one wanted to debate Luther.
1: The entire Reformation might have stalled right there, except for a new invention that had recently arrived in Wittenberg, a game-changing technology called the printing press. Before the printing press, making books was an excruciating process. Each word was painstakingly written out by hand. It could take years to create just one copy of a book. In the mid 1400s, Johann Gutenberg perfected the movable type printing press, a process that could turn out in seconds what formerly took months. But the printers still had one problem, content. They needed material that would go viral, create controversy, and boost sales. Nothing really caught on, until they found Martin Luther's 95 Theses. It was perfect. Without Luther's knowledge, printers began churning out copies by the thousands. It is a mystery to me how my statements were spread to so many
6: places. They were meant for academic circles. They were written in such a language that the common people could hardly understand them.
2: The printers are always looking for stuff that's going to sell. Challenging indulgences and their validity, uh, that was a topic that I think the printers thought would sell.
13: They spread like wildfire. You know, 10 days they're in Spain.
1: That's incredible.
17: How shocked he was that everything he said was suddenly out there.
1: Although the 95 Theses were written for academics, not peasants, one thing was clear to all. The document denounced the sale of indulgences. Luther had struck a nerve, rousing dormant perceptions that the Pope had too much power and wanted too much money from the German people. This is mine. Oh, really? Where did you get these? It's everywhere. At first, Luther was unaware his ideas were propagating. These have been printed. It soon became clear he was something of a celebrity, the author of an accidental bestseller, a work that boldly proclaimed the corruption on everyone's mind.
10: There was this suspicion that the, that the whole thing uh, was, uh, was a kind of spiritual con. It was a matter of Luther, as it were, simply uh, lighting the tinder that was already there, and the thing blew.
7: He draws this picture and he says, I see them in uh, Rome now, drinking their fine Italian wines and laughing about the stupid beer-drinking Germans whose tax money is paid for it all.
1: When a copy of the 95 Theses reached Pope Leo X, he dismissed it, thinking Luther was a minor player who posed little threat to the Catholic Church. It would rank among the biggest miscalculations in church history.
9: When Leo first heard of the 95 Theses, some say that he said, oh, this is just a drunken monk in Germany, and he'll feel differently about it the next day.
1: Despite the newfound attention, Martin Luther had no desire to start a revolution in 1517. He thought the 95 Theses would help the Catholic Church, not divide it.
14: It was never Luther's intent to separate from the Roman Catholic Church, yet it's when his beliefs and the truths that he was teaching were rejected by the Catholic Church, that's when the split happened. It wasn't by Luther's choice.
6: Avoid those who search for your soul in a money bag.
1: In his sermons and writings, Luther continued to critique what he saw as fixable errors in church practice.
6: Suppose you say, then I will never again buy an indulgence. I reply, good. My will, desire, plea and counsel are that no one buy an indulgence. Let the lazy and sleepy Christians buy indulgences. You run from them. Some now want to call me a heretic. I consider such blathering no big deal, especially since the only ones doing this have darkened minds and have never even smelled a Bible.
1: Before long, the heretic label began to stick. Luther assumed that when Tetzel's corrupt sale of indulgences was brought to the pope's attention, the church would take corrective action. But unlike modern popes, Leo wasn't overly concerned with the details of theology. In this era, popes focused more on political matters.
16: They're chosen because they will be effective administrators of a giant, wealthy, complicated institution. So they're chosen because people think, hmm, this person would be a really good CEO. They are a CEO of the largest institution in Western Europe.
1: A member of the powerful Medici family of Florence, Leo enjoyed the luxury the papal coffers could provide. And Luther's opposition to the sale of indulgences threatened the flow of money to the Vatican.
9: When Luther posted his 95 theses, it struck at Leo's money stream. The indulgences were the stream of money that came to Rome to finance all that uh, Leo did. Uh, And when the 95 Theses were posted, that was one of the threats of those uh, theses.
1: Leo wanted Luther brought to Rome for trial. But the extradition was blocked by Luther's powerful prince, Frederick the Wise of Saxony, who wanted
9: to protect his star professor if he had been sent to Rome, uh, we may have never heard of Luther again. Luther would now be
1: questioned on German soil in the city of Augsburg. Now, I must die. What a disgrace I will be to my parents. Luther's questioner was Cardinal Cayetan, one of the most skilled theologians of the era. For Luther, Cayetan had all the authority and power of the Pope himself.
11: And he once described it as kind of the bad cop. He's trying to break him, kind of bring the big man in, bring the interrogator in, and sort of break
1: Luther if you can. But when Cayetan asked Luther to retract his statements about indulgences, Martin would not Cayetan produced the official papal pronouncements that allowed for the sale of indulgences.
6: Ah yes, you said that the merits of Christ are a treasure. This says that he acquired a treasure. To be and to acquire do not mean the same thing. Do not think we Germans are
1: ignorant of grammar. Luther then grounded his position in an even more outrageous statement. His holiness abuses scripture. I deny that he is above scripture. Cayetan was appalled by Luther's blatant contempt for papal authority and his rudeness.
6: Cayetan is not a clear Christian thinker. He is about as fit to deal with this situation as a donkey is to play the harp.
1: Take it back,
2: recant. No discussion, just you recant. And Luther says, wait a minute, no. Uh, You know, that, that strikes us as being rude perhaps But Luther is is frustrated by uh, the inability, the seeming inability to get uh, people to talk to him.
1: Luther's friends believed his scandalous statements put him in grave danger. They persuaded him to escape the city, slipping past the guards, scurrying back to the relative safety of Wittenberg. A more cautious man might have laid low But Luther did the opposite, agreeing to a very public debate in the city of Leipzig. The event captured the popular imagination like a heavyweight prize fight. Between rounds, there was even a jester to entertain the crowd. Luther's opponent, Johann Eck, scored points as a debater, but his performance was not a crowd pleaser. Many saw Eck as vain, seeking only to enhance his reputation. Luther, in contrast, knew exactly how to connect with his listeners.
6: I am being misunderstood by the people, so let me be clear in my own language. I simply assert that a simple layman armed with scripture is to be believed above a pope or a council without it.
7: It's a sparring match. The great debaters of the day would have been akin to the rock stars and movie stars of our day.
6: As for the pope's decree on indulgences, I say that neither the church nor the pope can establish articles of faith These must come from scripture. God once spoke through the mouth of a donkey. (laughs) I will tell you straight what I think. I am a Christian theologian. I want to believe freely and be a slave to the authority of no one, whether council, university, or pope.
1: One thing was clear, Luther had rejected the Pope and the church as the ultimate source of authority. Instead, he hangs everything on the Bible.
8: At the time, Luther, I think, is sort of astounded that he finds himself saying this, but later on, he actually gives Eck credit for, in a sense, helping him to see the implications of his own ideas more clearly.
2: There were a number of issues that Eck brought up in that debate which Luther had not thought through. And it forced him now to to begin to wrestle with some of the issues uh, that he was being attacked on.
1: Luther's rejection of the Pope's authority remains the central difference between Protestants and Catholics to this day. Pope Leo wasn't happy about Luther's statements but he measured his response, hoping to stay on the good side of Luther's prince and protector, Frederick the Wise. Frederick had something Leo desperately wanted, influence on the choice of the next emperor. In the early 1500s, Germany didn't exist as a nation. The German people lived in a patchwork of separate fiefdoms, free cities, and principalities. These German states and others were cobbled together to form a loose union called the Holy Roman Empire, ruled by the aging Emperor Maximilian. His death in early 1519 triggered the election of a new emperor and just seven powerful men called electors had a vote. Frederick was one of the seven. Pope Leo, who had no vote, nonetheless wanted to influence the outcome. So rather than alienate Frederick, the Pope kept his hands off Luther, for a time. As part of the arrangement, Luther agreed to stay quiet. He tried. But when the opposition derided his ideas, Luther went on a writing spree in 1520, churning out some of the most significant works of his career bestsellers that were the talk of Europe. The first, titled To the Christian Nobility of the German Nation, laid out Luther's ideas for church reform and addressed a particular injustice that Luther found disturbing and unchristian. The Catholic Church had long considered priests, monks, and nuns as having a higher calling than regular Christians. To Luther, this was all wrong. He saw the Bible levelling the playing field. Priests,
6: bishops or popes are not superior to other Christians. A cobbler, a smith, a farmer, each has the work of his trade, like priests and bishops. And everyone must benefit and serve every other.
9: Your vocation, my vocation, everybody else's vocation is the same in terms of uh, acceptance to God. And I have a responsibility then as a mother, a father, a laborer, a scholar, to do my best for the society in which I live.
12: And so Luther's
14: views on this were radical. They revolutionized society.
9: He often made the
14: point that somebody doing the simplest job, whether it was a milkmaid or a farmer, uh, was serving God just as effectively and just as commendably as a priest who was overseeing a worship service. He said the, uh,
10: the farmer out in the field pitching dung is doing a greater work for God than the monk in a monastery praying for his own salvation.
7: Luther is the one who has said it is the attitude with which you pursue your calling that makes it godly and holy, not the calling itself.
1: Luther's assertion that, in God's eyes, peasants were on equal footing with monks and priests was radical. Soon, commoners demanded more from their princes, and many monasteries emptied out, their purpose no longer clear. It was the kind of message the public was ready to hear, and Luther, the writer, knew just how to grab their attention. Printers sold every copy of the treatise they could print. Luther's fame grew.
2: No copyright laws, so people would buy a copy and then they'd reproduce it, which was exactly what Luther wanted. Uh, he, He did not receive any commissions or anything like that. He just wanted to get the material into
3: print. There's a freshness to Martin Luther's writings that's unmistakable, a very fun and interesting uh, writer to read.
15: That kind of social media savvy uh, was something that got Luther a, a great hearing and became you know, one of the most published men in Europe at the time.
1: In his other writings in 1520 Luther attacked the supremacy of the Pope and challenged the Catholic view of the
8: sacraments. In 1520 uh, Luther didn't have an editor and he didn't edit his own works either. Um, He wrote as he thought as he was working through a problem in response to an attack, in response to a question.
12: He also uh, had a great sense of humor and didn't mind being provocative and loved to argue and debate and trade barbs, and sometimes uh, at a level of coarseness that would not be allowed in university discourse today, arguing and debating with his Catholic opponents. But uh, he was never dull. You may have disagreed with him, but he was never dull.
1: Luther fueled the controversy by using especially extreme language. Moderation was nearly impossible for him. He saw himself engaged in an epic struggle for souls, a battle that called for strong words, not polite talk. You are murderers, traitors,
6: liars, the very scum of all the most evil people on earth. You are full of all the worst devils in hell so full that you can do nothing but vomit, and out come devils.
18: It was quite common on all sides of the Reformation debates to make personal attacks on your opponents and to say absolutely awful things about them and their mother and all sorts of other relatives.
2: At times, he does uh, get a little carried away, and he does uh, attack people personally. And, uh, you know, he, he's sorry for that. Uh, but uh, in, in the heat of battle, you sometimes say things that maybe you later regret, but he doesn't regret what he's been saying about God's word.
6: I beg you, blow your nose a bit, and make your head lighter and the brain clearer.
12: He knew regular ordinary people's life and he, he retained a sort of a charming earthiness Some people would call it profane, but I think that that just kept him uh, hooked into real people and real people's lives. By now, Luther's understanding of the relationship between
1: God and people was coming into focus. The central question Luther was answering is one that nearly everyone asks. What makes me a good person, a righteous person in God's eyes?
9: He went to the monastery because he wanted to be good. He wanted to match the requirements that the Roman Catholic Church thought uh, he should match. But he encountered in his own life his inability to do what needed to be done to appease God.
1: Luther had long been tortured by his feelings of unworthiness, tormented by the guilt of his failings, that even his devotion as a monk could not remove.
0: The righteous will live by faith.
6: I had conceived a burning desire to understand what Paul meant in his letter to the Romans. But thus far, there had stood in my way that one phrase, the righteous will live by faith. I thought righteousness was the grim wrath of God with which he punished sin. So I hated St. Paul with all my heart. I meditated night and day on those words, until at last, by the mercy of God, I paid attention to their context. The righteous person lives by faith alone. The righteous person lives by faith alone. All at once. I felt I had been born again. Immediately, I saw the whole of scripture in a different light. I ran through the scriptures from memory and found that other words had similar meanings. The work of God, that is what God works in us. The power of God, by which he makes us powerful. The wisdom of God, by which he makes us wise. The strength of God, the salvation of God, the glory of God. This sweetest phrase of Paul was now, for me, the very gate of paradise itself.
1: Luther's breakthrough, triggered by a passage in the Bible's Book of Romans, was his understanding that God's favor could not be earned, even partially, by doing good deeds. Instead, he saw righteousness as a gift given by God to those with faith in Jesus
9: he began to understand that that righteousness was not something that he could give God, but that God gave to him because of Jesus, because of what Jesus had done.
2: What makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God? Not because uh, I'm such a good person, but because of all that Christ has done for me. Uh, the, The emphasis on Christ doing this For me, a poor miserable sinner.
14: Grace simply means that when it comes to our salvation, our relationship with God, uh, sinners who don't deserve anything from God receive it from him as a pure gift of his love, his grace. Doesn't depend on anything in us, anything that we do. It's entirely God's view toward us sinners.
18: It was a change that took us away from focusing on what we could do to put us in good standing with God. That change was monumental.
6: Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection has accomplished everything. Your good works do not earn your salvation, not in the least. No. Grace is a gift for you from God.
1: To many hearers, Luther's ideas sounded ridiculous, too good to be true. It seemed more logical that God would judge people by their deeds. But Luther was frightened by that view of God because he saw himself as a man who could not stop sinning.
11: We are all sinful and we all need God's grace. Now, the problem is, is that some of us don't realize that we are all sinful and that we all need God's grace.
1: Luther's ideas then faced an obvious follow-up. If God frees people from the need to do good works to earn heaven, then what should Christians do with that freedom? Again, Luther saw the answer clearly. Here is the truly
6: Christian life. When a man applies himself with joy and love to serving others voluntarily and for nothing, doing only what is helpful, advantageous, and wholesome for our neighbor, since by faith we already abound in all good things in Christ.
11: The more you read Luther, the more you begin to hear Luther say, look, you now are living a life in this world, on this earth, and God has given you a rich field in which to be a useful person to your neighbor. And so I want you to serve your neighbor as, as, as you, you are now free uh, to serve your neighbor and to love your neighbor.
15: So when you didn't have to worry about your future, you were free to care for the futures of others.
17: If you were caught all the time, as Luther put it, turned in on yourself and life is just about you and what you and all that, what a pitiful life when you don't have the eyes to see others, you know, whom you could love. So now you can
9: leave who you really are, a loving person, to love your neighbor. My concern is to do what's best for my neighbor what's best for the people I know, what's best for my society, what's best for the whole world. And your
18: neighbor's need became the measure of what you did, rather than some eternal calculus that said, you've got to do so many good works in order to get in good with God.
13: You are free. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. It's about as countercultural as it gets.
1: Back in Rome, Pope Leo was not overly concerned about Luther's view of freedom or salvation, but he was
8: increasingly annoyed at Luther's questioning of church authority. To a large extent, the, the, the Catholic Church doesn't want a dispute about doctrine. I mean, as far as they're concerned, doctrine is not, it's not an issue. The, the issue is how to control one and another of a long line of medieval heresies
1: in all good things in Christ. Leo tried controlling Luther by issuing a papal bull, a formal document that required Luther to disavow his writings. Luther is
6: The time for silence is over, the time to speak has come.
1: The delivery of the papal bull stirred up unrest among Luther's supporters. Luther himself took his boldest step yet, burning the bull.
6: It is better that I should die a thousand times than I should retract one syllable of the condemned articles. As they excommunicated me for the sacrilege of heresy, so I excommunicate them in the name of the sacred truth of God. Christ will judge whose excommunication will stand. Amen.
1: There was no turning back now. Yet Luther's outward daring belied a conscience that was not always so confident. Do I really think that I know
6: everything? What if I'm wrong? I will be destroying 2,000 years of the work of the church and betraying millions
9: of people to damnation and hell. That challenge drove him to go back and rethink, to deal with his doubts, and to find certainty. And Luther found that certainty in the scriptures. That's what he did.
1: When he heard that Luther had burned the bull, an incensed Pope Leo renewed his demand that Luther appear in Rome for a hearing. Luther's luck seemed to have run out until his supporters arranged for one last option. An appeal to the most powerful man in the Western world, the emperor. When Emperor Maximilian died in 1519, his grandson Charles was elected to replace him. He was only 19 years old.
16: He was raised to be a king, um, but he was still 19 years old.
1: Charles was now in charge of a collection of semi-autonomous territories and states, which all
5: wanted their say. He was very, very frustrated. He has people opposing him on every side. I mean, he's just constant, constant conflict. This is the life of a, of a Habsburg emperor in the 16th century. It's not a good time to be emperor of anything. The needs of the German people were not important
1: to Charles, but he did want to keep his empire united. And he believed the key to cohesion was a unified religion, a policy that made Martin Luther an unwelcome thorn in his side. But Charles had to tread lightly. Public support for Luther was enormous. So, in an attempt to appear fair-minded, Charles agreed to a formal hearing on German soil in the city of Worms in 1521.
16: Because people knew that Luther was going to be there, he was a media star by this point, and so lots of people came. People crowded around him. They treated him
9: as a saint. Uh, they cheered. Uh, they were all excited about Luther's arrival in Worms.
1: Anticipation ran high for this
9: showdown between the powerful emperor and the lowly but popular monk. And when he finally got to the, to the gates of Worms, the, the crowd was, went wild.
6: Tell your master that if there were as many devils at Verms as tiles on its roofs, I would enter. I will have a debate. I must.
1: As he approached the hearing, the gravity of the situation began to sink in. Many assumed Luther would be burned at the stake before the day was over.
3: Burning at the stake, it's terror violence exercised by the state in order to maintain social control. And it's very powerful, um, very disturbing. In
1: the center of the room was a collection of books written by Luther. He was asked to disavow all his writings, to publicly retract his statements, and so spare himself.
13: Silencio.
6: This touches God and his word. This affects the salvation of souls. Of this Christ said, He who denies me before men, him will I deny before my Father. To say too little or too much would be dangerous. I beg you, give me time to think it over.
2: There is a little fear and trepidation there because Luther recognizes that uh, these are all people that could snuff
5: his life out. This might be it for him. So yeah, he's, he's very nervous about what might happen here.
9: Everybody else pretty much understood that Luther was either to recant or die.
1: Luther was granted the night to think it over. God, dreadful
12: is the world.
6: Behold how his mouth opens to swallow me up. And how small my feet.
1: The next day, Martin Luther would face the Emperor, Charles V, one last time.
8: Silencio.
6: I ask that your most serene majesty and your lordships may deign to note that my books are not all of the same kind for there are some in which I have discussed religious faith and morals simply, so that even my enemies themselves are compelled to admit that these are useful. Even the bull, although harsh and cruel, admits that some of my books are inoffensive. Allowing them to be condemned is utterly monstrous. Thus, if I should begin to disavow them, I ask you, what would I be doing? Would not I, alone of all men, be condemning the very truth upon which friends and enemies equally agree? I have written another book against some distinguished individuals those, namely, who strive to preserve the Roman tyranny. I do not set myself up as a saint. Therefore, your most serene majesty, expose my errors. Overthrow them by the writings of the prophets and the evangelists. If I am shown my errors, I will be the first to throw my books on the fire.
1: Luther was still deflecting the question, frustrating his questioner, who finally asked Luther for a simple straight answer.
6: Since you desire a simple reply, I will answer without horns and without teeth. I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. Unless I am convinced by scripture, or clear reason, my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not retract anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. May God help. Amen.
17: He had a chance to save his neck. But after he had a chance to test his own commitment, and is, is it what I really believe in, he was willing to die for it. And he never changed from that.
13: The whole, just the meeting just blew up. I mean, late afternoon, April, dark, torches, you know, uh, providing the only light, and you know, bang.
2: He does take his stand. Uh, not Not a stand because he's so strong, but takes a stand on on God's word. Uh, he, He cannot recant because God's word won't let him go back on what he has been saying.
1: The cheering crowds at Worms gave Luther a few moments of seeming freedom, but he was about to become the most wanted man in Europe. Charles signed a decree condemning Luther, ordering that he receive punishment for high treason. Charles realised it would not be politically wise to arrest Luther in the midst of the adoring crowds, so he honoured a previous agreement to give Luther safe passage, a few precious days of furlough before the sentence would be enforced. Luther took the opportunity to head for home, but he never made it. Martin Luther was dead. That's what most Germans assumed when they heard about the kidnapping. But the event was an elaborate ruse, staged by Frederick the Wise to ensure Luther's safety. Luther's hideout was a secret room at Wartburg Castle He grew
9: a beard as a disguise, his codename, Knight George. He even signed some of his letters, uh, not with his real name, but with another name, uh, to try and keep people kind of off balance, so they couldn't find him.
1: Martin Luther disliked the isolation of the castle, but it didn't slow down his work. Here, he embarked on one of the most significant projects of his life translating the New Testament into the language of the people. Luther finished the translation in just 11 weeks. So many people are anxious to have the
6: Bible in German. I wish this book could be in every language and dwell
1: in the hearts and minds of all. If, as Luther believed,
9: the Bible is the ultimate source of knowledge, then everyone should be able to read it. He was a master at the German language. And so he tried to write for the common person, the common German peasant. He
10: translated the Bible into German, he said, so every plowboy could read God's word.
13: Joseph is speaking to Mary in the most beautiful German you can possibly imagine.
9: <laughs> this is a dramatic shift that takes place at this particular time, a shift that takes place that, that uh, reverberates down into our own world. We pick up Bibles, you can go to any bookstore and get them. It was different back in those days.
1: The translation was an immense success that would unite the German tongue for the next 500 years.
6: To translate, we must listen to the mother in the home, the children on the street, the common man in the marketplace. We must be guided by their language, the way they speak, and do our translating accordingly. I sometimes searched and inquired about a single word for three or four weeks. If anyone does not like my translations, well, they can ignore them.
19: Luther's translation really more than anything else, unified the various German idioms or or branches of German that were out there into a unified German language that we know it today.
1: Luther never received any money from the printers who published his Bible or any of his best-selling works. Even a small royalty would have made him rich, given that he wrote nearly a quarter of all the books sold in Europe. But Luther wasn't worried about any loss of income, because he quickly grasped the power of the press to spread ideas, and that's what mattered to him.
3: The interesting thing is how quickly Luther said, I can get my ideas across if I just make friends with the printers.
7: He paid great attention to what fonts the printers would use. He was very careful to make sure that his books looked as beautiful as he wanted them to look in order to have an impact.
2: When you think of of Martin Luther, you can't just think of him as a church reformer. He was also the first living, best-selling author.
17: He brings these theological, biblical, sometimes abstract things down to earth, and he is almost like he transports himself right there in those biblical texts, and he takes the reader with him.
1: Luther's exile at Wartburg Castle went on for months. He began to hear stories of how the movement he started was veering off course, badly. In Wittenberg, Anti-Catholic mobs were smashing church windows and destroying art. So-called prophets were proclaiming they had knowledge superseding the Bible.
12: I think it pained Luther to see that people that he loved and trusted, while he was gone, his tempering influence was removed, like the, the control rods were pulled out of the reactor.
5: There's a lot of confusion about what this Reformation is really about, to the point where Luther feels compelled to return to try to calm everybody down. To quell the unrest, in March of 1522, Luther
1: ended his exile and returned to Wittenberg. We are the children
6: of wrath, and all our works, intentions, and thoughts are nothing at all. God has sent us his only begotten Son, that we may believe in him, and that whoever trusts in him shall be free from sin and a child of God, we must do to one another as God has done to us through faith. For without love, faith is nothing. And here, dear friends, have you not grievously failed? I see no signs of love among you.
1: He preached civility, patience, and non-violence order returned for a
9: time. He came back to Wittenberg and then started that series of of sermons where he said, look, we do not force people uh, to believe what we believe and we do not inflict harm on other people because they believe differently.
2: By the time that that series of sermons is done, uh, everything has been calmed down Instead of a revolution, we're back to reformation uh, in, in the church.
1: In early 1523, Martin Luther received a secret letter from nine nuns hoping to escape their convent. In most German territories, this would be simple, but these nuns lived in the staunchly Catholic land of Duke George. Anyone who helped them leave faced a penalty of death. Luther devised a covert operation. A local merchant would bring the normal delivery of pickled herring to the nun's cloister. But when he left, the empty wagon wouldn't be empty at all. The plan worked perfectly, but then Luther had a new problem what to do with a wagonload of young women who had no means of support. In time, he would find suitable homes or husbands for all but one. The holdout, Katerina von Bora didn't like the arrangements Luther would make for her, eventually rejecting several marriage proposals. But she was willing to marry Luther. By this point, Luther was 41 years old and getting pressured by his friends to find a wife.
16: Luther's friends kind of say, well, how about her? And so he thinks, "Mm, well, okay. And they convince him that she would be a good person to become his wife. Luther had a
2: number of other possible matches for Kate and uh, she refused them and finally in frustration, he has Amsdorf go and ask her, he's not brave enough to do it himself, has Amsdorf go and ask her, well, who would you marry? And she says, well, either you, Dr. Nicholas, or Dr. Luther.
1: Martin finally agreed to marry Katerina, although it wasn't because of any romantic feelings, at least not at first. Luther explained that the reason he married was to please his father and to spite the Pope. Over time, Martin came to love Katie dearly. She was intelligent, resourceful, and savvy with finances in ways that Martin was not.
13: We remember her as Catherine von Bora and not Mrs. Martin Luther for a reason. She stood on her own. She didn't belong to anybody.
18: To be married to somebody as um, gruff and bold as Luther could be, uh, she had to kind of match him.
1: katie managed orchards brewed beer slaughtered pigs and gave birth to six children at any given time the luther home a former monastery housed more than a dozen guests katie managed it all skillfully
16: he would sort of turn to her and say well by the way sweetie we're going to have 40 extra folks for dinner find something for them to eat
9: she brewed beer uh, she had a garden uh, she kept the finances luther was was free with money uh he would give money away he was very generous Uh, catherine understood that you couldn't do that without inflicting some harm and hardship on your own family and so she tried to curtail some of that
6: Think of all the squabbles Adam and Eve must have had in the course of their 900 years. Eve would say,
5: You ate the apple.
6: And Adam would retort, Well, you gave it to me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's impossible to keep peace between husband and wife mm. if they do not overlook mm. each other's faults. Mm. I wouldn't give up my Katie for France or for Venice.
1: In an era when it was illegal for a man to will his estate to his wife, Luther did it anyway. So great was his respect for Katharina.
2: Luther talks in glowing terms about marriage, uh, about his wife Kate, about his children. And you, you see another side of Luther in the family that you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise.
1: It had been many centuries since any clergy in the Western Church had a wife and children the Catholic hierarchy had long declared chastity superior to sexuality. But Luther championed sex within marriage as a gift from God. His family life was a daily expression of his belief that spouses and children are a blessing, a school for character that far surpassed the celibate life. In 1527, Luther fell ill. Sickness was no stranger. In the past, he'd suffered debilitating kidney stones, gout, insomnia, dizziness, and ringing in his ears. But the most challenging of all hit hard this year, a recurrence of his deep bouts of depression. At times, he would lock himself in his room for days.
8: There's a specific word that he basically coined, it's anfechtung, that is an
4: attack.
8: Some people translate it as anxiety or something like that. It is spiritual
5: attack. Luther was, was depressed for a long period of time and he just couldn't get out of this, this depression.
1: In this, his most severe attack, Luther felt utterly abandoned, full of doubt, alone in the universe, as if God had died. By late summer 1527, it might have seemed like God had died. As grotesquely masked plague doctors arrived in Wittenberg to try and stop an outbreak of the plague. The needs of others were enough to finally break Luther's malaise, and he began to minister to the sick and console the dying. Many evacuated the city, but Martin and Katie stayed even though Katie was several months pregnant. Her child, Elizabeth, would die a few months after birth.
15: Suffering, which was such a thing to to fear and to be avoided in Christian spirituality, now for Luther became an opportunity to love the neighbor. Luther's advice during the hard times is to reinterpret those hard moments has occasions for for beauty and occasions for love.
1: In these most dire times of death and abandonment, Luther wrote his most powerful hymn, A Mighty Fortress. The title might suggest a hymn about battle, but for Luther, A Mighty Fortress was about comfort and hope in times of trial.
19: I think to a degree it's it's somewhat biographical of Luther when you think of all that he had gone through. What is it like to be excommunicated by your church? Uh, What is it like to be banned by your emperor? Uh, to be truly a a man on the run, a man living underneath the death penalty. Uh, Where does a man go for fortress and refuge at a time like that? At the end of the day, there is only one, and that's the Lord who is our mighty fortress. Luther
1: restructured worship gatherings to include more music, lively songs, sung by the
3: congregation. They could sing while they were plowing the fields or uh, making shoes. Uh, and, and those hymns then did sink deeply into the religious consciousness uh, of, of people across Germany.
19: Music wasn't so much about setting a proper mood for worship as it was about delivering the message. I've often thought that Luther's music is, is really about what God reveals to us in Christ. It, it proclaims the good news of Jesus to us. It puts the good news of Jesus in the mouths of God's people.
1: Incorporating more hymns was just one part of Luther's larger strategy to revitalize the church service, or mass. He advocated the mass be conducted in German as well as Latin, so that the common people could understand it and Luther placed new emphasis on the sermon as a method of teaching lay people who had much to learn.
2: Sermons were not a regular part of medieval Catholic worship, and so Luther's going to make that a very important part because people need to hear the word, they need
3: to know what the word means to them as individuals. Now he's the leader of a reform movement that has to figure out a way to really make itself a, a real thing a real force, and not then to simply hand the Bible to every person and say, make of it what you will.
1: Luther's plan to reform local congregations faced a major setback in 1528 when he visited nearby churches and learned just how poorly trained the priests were. Some didn't even have a Bible. How do you do?
6: Please tell me how have church attendance
3: has been.
6: How many pastors are altogether incompetent and live like dumb brutes and irrational hogs? The common people have no knowledge whatsoever of Christian doctrine, and yet, now that the gospel has come, they have nicely learned to abuse it like experts. Good God, man! bitte Have you done anything to rectify church attendances? Please, may I see
0: inside? I think
6: Luther
15: initially is is a bit naive in how things are going to play out. But he realized after they went around uh, and visited these churches is that, that nobody really knew anything about the Christian church or the things that they knew were just strange and odd, including the priests and the pastors were uneducated. And he says,
4: oh God, what misery we beheld.
19: The common people know almost nothing of Christ. Some pastors don't even have a Bible.
4: Luther says
2: that many of the priests didn't know the Ten Commandments, didn't know the Apostles' Creed, or the Lord's Prayer, if you can imagine that.
6: For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son.
1: Luther thought parents should teach their children about the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and other fundamentals of the faith. With his own children, he often turned teaching into a game. Yes. A coin well in the correct sleeve meant a reward for the right answer.
6: Who's next? By far the most important of all <laughs> is namely the command of God, who oh. urges parents so, so often to instruct their children. Faith or love? Indeed, for what purpose Faith. do we older folks oh. exist Faith. other than to care for, <laughs> instruct and bring up the young? have a little something for you.
11: He himself was so capable that he could indeed communicate at the lowest level to children, or he could communicate at the highest
1: level to the the greatest of theologians. Part of Luther's response was to create an educational tool, a basic (laughs) textbook of the faith called a catechism.
19: His small catechism is very parallel to what Luther was going for in the revisions of the service. Simple in common words that spoke to everyday people. Pure in apt speech uh, that was easily learned, easily memorized. Uh, wonderful summaries of God's truth. Long before comic books, Luther understood the
1: power of images to communicate to young people. His catechism was richly illustrated with explanatory woodcuts. Luther tapped artist Lucas Cranach to illustrate the Catechism and many of Luther's other works. New, inexpensive printing methods meant that for the first time in history, storytelling images could be widely disseminated
5: as a new kind of educational tool, a tool Luther embraced. For example, the very first version of Luther's Small Catechism, published in 1529, was actually published on large sheets of paper And these were really kind of designed as posters. You could pin them up on a wall, and people could come by and see the pictures and see the message that's conveyed there in the text. In more and more homes across Germany, the
1: sheets of the catechism hung side by side with images of Luther. Luther's
7: picture hung in people's houses because they loved him, and they thought that he was doing something great and good for them, and they had a passion to see. Even if they didn't understand the theology, They thought that he was helping take down the corruption of the church, and that was a very, very
1: attractive thing. By late 1529, Luther's reforms had spread to nearly two dozen German territories, now labeled with the new term Protestant. Despite growing popular support for Luther's ideas, the Protestants faced a renewed military threat from the emperor. To strengthen their position, a meeting of Protestant leaders was held in the city of Marburg. The plan was to iron out theological differences and build solidarity. But if the goal was mutual agreement, Martin Luther should have stayed home. Nothing in his personality would suggest an ability to compromise on matters of theology, especially with his Swiss counterpart Ulrich Zwingli. The sharpest difference between Zwingli and Luther centered on the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Zwingli saw the bread and wine as a symbol of Jesus' body and blood. Luther believed the body and blood were actually present in a mysterious but very real way. As the meeting wore on, Luther wrote the relevant scripture in chalk and covered it up. Then he lifted the tablecloth and revealed what he'd written this is my body
6: here is our scriptural proof you have not yet
9: moved us he was adamant about holding on to what God said what the scripture said because it was Christ's last will and testament when he said this is my body that's what it was
1: to Zwingli this was another example of Luther's condescending attitude to Luther It was an illustration of how he would never retreat from what he believed to be a clear teaching of the Bible. These are the words of my Lord Jesus
6: Christ. Hoc est corpus meum. So I must believe the body of Christ is there.
9: And ultimately what Luther was saying is that I may not understand this, I don't, I, don't all, I don't pretend to understand it all, but this is what God says and I'm not going to play with what God says.
8: Luther says, when I run into something that doesn't correspond with my reason, I doff my doctor's cap and assume that the Holy Ghost is a little bit smarter than Dr. Luther.
3: I think he thought Swingley was a rank uh, skeptic uh, when it really came down to it. Not, not really a real believer.
1: As a result, there would be no grand alliance of the Protestants against the emperor. Luther didn't care at all. His concerns were theological, not political. I pray God you come to the right understanding.
8: That's a tradition-dividing disagreement. When they disagree at Marburg in 1529, it's the fountainhead of the, 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 the still existing distinction between Reformed and, and Lutheran Protestantism.
7: It is the point at which the Lutheran tradition and the Reformed tradition uh, diverge. So today, we have Lutheran churches and we have Reformed churches, and they are separate entities. And that separation finds its historical origin in the failure to reach agreement on half a point at the colloquy of Marburg in
0: 1529.
1: By 1530, Emperor Charles V had a break in his many wars and once again returned to the matter of the territories aligned with Luther, summoning leaders to Augsburg, promising to weigh their opinions. Luther couldn't attend because he was still an outlaw, a condemned heretic in the eyes of the Catholic Church. He got as close as safety would allow, the castle at Coburg, 120 miles away. The event stretched on for months, frustrating Luther as he sat on the sidelines, waiting for updates.
9: He was frustrated, he was impatient. Uh, He was impatient with the communications back and forth. Uh, He was impatient that he didn't get regular letters, the letters he expected to get from them.
1: In Augsburg, the Protestants submitted to Charles a statement of their faith called the Augsburg Confession. In effect, they were asking Charles to accept their terms to reunite the Christian world.
9: The Augsburg Confession has been identified as a Lutheran confession, and it was given by Lutherans at Augsburg. But it confesses universal truths that every Christian can understand and appreciate.
1: Back at Coburg Castle, Luther's frustration turned to grief when he received a letter announcing the death of his father.
6: My beloved father departed this life at one o'clock on Sunday. This death has cast me into deep mourning. Although it is consoling to me that he fell asleep softly and strong in his faith in Christ, Yet his kindness and the memory of his pleasant conversation have caused a deep wound in my heart.
1: Charles rejected the Protestants and gave them an ultimatum. Return to the Catholic Church or face a military invasion. Charles's move backfired, badly. His threat solidified the Protestants and led to preparations for war. Despite the sabre-rattling, no one really wanted war in the early 1530s. The Protestant princes could not match the emperor's army and Charles V now had a new preoccupation, the fate of his aunt, Catherine of Aragon who was the first wife of Henry VIII. Henry wanted an annulment of his marriage to Catherine so he could marry Anne Boleyn, but the Pope would not allow it. More precisely, it was Catherine's nephew, Emperor Charles V, who was pulling the strings, pressuring the Pope because he wanted to keep the English throne in his family. Avoid Back in Germany, churches that aligned with Luther's teachings began to call themselves Lutherans, a name Martin Luther himself detested at first. The first thing I ask is that people should not make use of my name.
6: They should not call themselves Lutherans, but Christians. For what or who is this Luther? hmm? The teaching is not mine nor was I crucified for anyone. How did I, poor stinking bag of maggots that I am, come to the point where people call the children of Christ by my evil name? I am no one's master, nor do I wish to be. I simply want to share with all men
1: the one common teaching of Christ, who alone is our Lord. But by the 1530s, the movement and the name had become entrenched, bigger than the man himself. You
11: run from them. And all of a sudden you're a Lutheran, now you're associated with somebody's name. And that's why it's imperative that we as Lutherans understand who Luther was, and what Luther was doing, and what his intentions were.
1: Martin Luther didn't age well. Now, in his late 50s, his body seemed decades older, as illness after illness took their toll. Luther hoped to hand the reins to his right-hand man, the brilliant Philip Melanchthon. But in the summer of 1540, Melanchthon suddenly fell ill and seemed near death. Luther visited offering a prayer for his old friend.
18: and he doesn't hesitate to talk back to God.
13: He starts in and he prays just as urgently and compellingly, you know, you sent this man to help us and now he's sick with grief, you better make him well. And, you know, it's not petitioning, he's demanding.
1: Melanchthon recovered, lifting Luther's spirits. But not long after, Luther faced the most devastating emotional blow of his entire life when his 13-year-old daughter, Magdalena, fell ill.
17: I mean, when you love a child and something breaks, it's just, you you just see the raggedness of his heart.
1: Raising children taught Luther about patience, love, and now grief. Magdalena would die with her father at her side.
0: I love her very much.
8: But, dear God, if it be your will to take her, I submit to you.
6: I pray, God, that I and all of us may have such a death Nay, such a life. This is my one petition to the Father of all consolation and mercy. We have all lost in her the most dearest of friends, her bright presence, her eye so full of trust, all drew forth our love. Especially as we knew that she shared both our joys and sorrows as if they had been her own. She is our precursor into the regions beyond, where we shall all be gathered and our dismissal from this veil of tears, this corrupt world. Amen.
15: And that event, then, if you read letters that came afterwards when he's comforting people who lost loved ones or children or wives, he again and again brings up, I know, what you're going through, I still think about my Magdalena, I still think and
12: miss her. Like every parent, he felt that rage at what you cannot control and having to submit and endure but it also forced him to really to see how important the gospel was that he would see his beloved again thanks to the resurrection of Jesus.
6: We are all beggars before God. is true for it is in the gospel that the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith
1: alone On February the 18th, 1546, Martin Luther affirmed his beliefs one last time
9: before passing away. So that he could find the faith to say, um, at the end, do you believe all of these things? Yes, I do.
1: With Luther dead, Charles V finally carried out his long-standing threat to send armies into territories loyal to the Reformation. His troops marched on Wittenberg, and destroyed the farm Luther had left to his wife. Charles' military victory belied his eventual failure to reunite the empire under a single unified religion. Once he came to realize that not even his army could stop the Protestant tide, Charles resigned as emperor and lived out his last days as a monk in quiet solitude. No Protestant church subscribes to everything Luther wrote and said, but his ideas have left an indelible mark on the lives of nearly
9: one billion Protestants today. One of the most important things Luther did was to shift attention back to Christ and what Christ did. And if you have doubts about your status before God, don't look at yourself. Look to Christ and that shift is a fundamental shift and a a critical shift for every human being.
14: The main point of the Reformation is that God showed the sinner that righteousness, this right standing before God, is not something that you earn. It's not a condition that God demands you meet, but righteousness is the gift that God gives us because of what Jesus did on the cross for the sinner.
9: He was a Biblical theologian and then we have to understand that we also have to be Biblical theologians, not just the trained uh, pastors, but everybody has to be a Biblical theologian. And we can be, that means study the scripture.
1: Luther's lasting influence extends far beyond even the church. He unleashed new ways of thinking that continue to profoundly shape the secular world. For example, as a vocal advocate for the education of children, Luther helped pave the way for the now ubiquitous public school system.
15: (laughs) He saw uh, that teaching people to read,
2: teaching people to write, was good for society. Luther was concerned about educating, in particular, the youth, because he recognized that they were the future of the church. And he runs into a bit of a problem because uh, the people are more interested in What kind of a job are my kids going to have? How much money will they be able to make? You know, materialism is not a 21st century phenomenon.
17: He was always irritated with people who ran a business and decided that they were going to take little Wolfgang right out of school and make him work in the jewelry store, you know.
1: Faith or love. Luther included the need to educate women at a time when no other prominent figures thought that worthwhile.
18: Within the 16th century context, to advocate that all girls should receive a basic education was revolutionary.
1: Luther likely would not have supported the American Revolution, but he inadvertently set in motion cultural changes that led to democracy in America and Europe.
7: He lets the genie out of the bottle in some ways. on on issues that will ultimately bear fruit in in notions of of democracy.
14: You cannot even, I think, see the democratic revolutions of the 18th century without taking into account
8: Martin Luther's contribution to it.
14: In medieval times, there was really very little distinction between the government and the church, both were kind of enmeshed in a joint uh, uh, supervision of society. I think Luther was probably the first to really clearly delineate the fact that these two
8: entities, both established by God, have different roles. We're members, we're citizens of two kingdoms. Um, the eternal kingdom of the church, which is concerned with my soul, which is concerned with my life of faith, and the kingdom of the world, in which I am a citizen of this country, that country, this town, that town, and so on. I have duties in both kingdoms.
12: He did not see those as competing with one another. They each had a sphere. And while they would, you would seem to have to pick one or the other, Luther embraced both. And he wanted people to be great citizens of their particular region. And he also wanted them to be awesome citizens and subjects of King Jesus.
1: Luther laid the groundwork for Western democracy in one other important way. He was the first to prove the power of the media, to amplify the marketplace of ideas, and to serve as a check on government.
2: Luther is sort of a media rock star. Uh, he, he recognizes what the technology can do, and he's going to use
5: that technology to the fullest. He's able to communicate to people in a way that not only that they'll listen to, but will move them to action. And I think that's, that's really a gift. Despite his impact,
1: Martin Luther wanted very little to do with politics or secular life. I Luther's focus, I always, was the quest for the right relationship between God and people, and how to show love for others in need.
6: I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I drank beer with my friends, The word so greatly weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such losses upon it. But I, I did nothing. The word did everything.
17: He speaks to the very basic universal hunger we have to find our ground of being and i found an orientation that helps us to explain why am I here, where am I going? And that all then has an impact on how we actually live in this world.
1: The millions of words Luther wrote, taught and preached all boil down to one idea. The breakthrough and understanding that changed his life summarized in just two words, God forgives and a forgiven person wants to help others. These were the words young Martin Luther desperately needed to hear, the idea he most wanted to tell others. 500 years later, he still is.